0: Shall we begin? Let's begin now.
1: Is it a bird? Is it a plane? No, it's an accountant. Yes, grab your cape, because on this week's No Account for Taste, we ask... Can Accountants Save the World? Yes, hello, I'm Richard Hattersley and welcome to the show. As the nation is no doubt still locked in election debate, Accountant Web is hosting their own. Uh, Joining the the show today to fight the corner of how they think accountants can save the world, we are joined by an editorial powerhouse team. We have first Rebecca Cave. Hi, Rebecca. Thanks for coming on the show today.
2: Hi, Richard. Nice to be back in Bristol again. And we
1: also have
0: John Stockdyke. Hi, Richard. I've put my futurologist cap on, but uh, even I may not be able to save the world this morning. (laughs) Uh, And last, but by no means least, we have uh, our
1: editor, Tom Herbert. Tom, do you think uh, you're going to win this debate as to uh, how you think accountants can save the world? Absolutely. I've got my Superman costume on under my fleece. Well, there we go. So uh, let's get on with the show then. So what we're going to be doing is each of us going to be taking an aspect of the profession and we're going to argue the case as to how this part of accountancy can perhaps even save the world. So uh, Rebecca, we're going to start with you and being a consultant tax editor, uh, we've given you the topic of tax, of course. So how do you think tax can uh, help change the world?
2: Well, I took this question quite literally and looked at the sort of taxes that have been implemented and could be implemented to um, help battle the uh, climate emergency, which is, you know, headline news everywhere. Um, there are quite a few taxes that have been around for uh, almost twenty years that. Um, trying to tackle this problem, I mean generally taxes either make things more expensive to discourage people to do things or they make things cheaper uh, by providing allowances or tax credits and also by changing behaviour to do that. So a number of taxes we already have, we have the climate change levy which came in in 2001 on industrial energy use to encourage firms to be more efficient in their energy use. Um, and then you've got the Aggregates Levy, which came in in 2002, um, which uh, taxes the extraction of sand and gravel, um, to obviously discourage less extraction of those uh, commodities. Um, more importantly, going back to 1996, uh, we had the Landfill Tax, and that uh, was to discourage um, well, uh, firms and local authorities from putting things into holes in the ground, i.e. rubbish into holes in the ground, and uh, supposedly to encourage recycling. But of course, there's a disparity between who pays the landfill tax, which in most cases will be the local authority, and the person who's actually dumping stuff or not recycling, which is the individual household or the business. So I think landfill tax could be redesigned or refocused a bit or made clearer to like, the individuals in a local authority as to how much of their council tax is due to the local authority having to pay landfill tax to uh, dump the rubbish from the citizens. Uh, Well, that's one thing. Um, The plastic bag levy, of course, was a very successful uh, tax. It's actually not a tax, it's a charge. Um, But it has been effective to discourage the use of single-use plastic bags. Um, I did do a well-read article on this when um, the plastic bag levy came in, because it came in at different times for the different countries within the uh, UK, and there are different regulations for England, Wales, Scotland and Northern Ireland, um, which makes it confusing for all. um, And different levels um, as to where the plastic bag levy hits in England, it doesn't apply to small businesses. Um, In Scotland, it applies to every business, etc. Just, you know, why couldn't we have had one regulation across the UK? I'll stop that now. Um, (laughs) The passenger duty, of course, is another uh, environmental levy. It it discourages people from taking long haul flights. Um, I think it could do with a review of whether it does actually work. And, of course, the uh, different areas within the UK um, have different powers to um, uh, set the passenger duty. Uh, Northern Ireland sets a different uh, air passenger duty to the rest of the UK, and Scotland's going to get its own power to set its own passenger duty um, because they have particular issues flying out to the Scottish islands where they don't want to charge duty. Um, I did an interview quite recently with George Bull, um, where we talked about um, his vision of how to uh, tackle the climate change emergency with, um, with tax. Um, his tax toolkit, as he called it, um, he pointed out that the fuel duty uh, charged on road fuel has been frozen since 2011, And using that could certainly discourage people from taking more journeys, but it would, of course, affect inflation because everything, just about every good, has to be moved by road. And therefore, the cost of moving it um, with the fuel duty just puts inflation up. Um, George also had a very interesting idea about how to use VAT uh, to uh, uh, change people's behavior on how they buy energy and he thought that VAT should be selectively imposed on energy generated by dirty sources such as coal and imposed at maybe a lower level or even a zero level on energy which is derived from solar or wind and such green uh, sources. That's a very interesting idea. Um, Other incentives, well, I, I was musing on the way here about how you could uh, design other incentives to um, encourage uh, farmers, in particular, to um, act against the climate emergency by planting more trees. I mean, could there be an investment incentive, perhaps, um, for for planting trees, um, such as the AIA, the uh, annual investment allowance? Uh, Could farmers have an annual tree allowance, perhaps, with a tree tax credit, like the R&D system? You know, because at the moment, if firms invest in R&D—well, actually, only companies invest in R&D—it doesn't apply to partnerships. Um, they can get a tax refund um, if the company is making a loss uh, because of the credits that they've claimed, the allowance that they claim for R&D. As many, many farmers um, make a loss or only just break even because they get. Um, uh, allowances from from the EU, you know, it might have to be designed something like that, so that you know, if they make a loss because they're claiming extra allowances planting trees, um, perhaps they could then claim back a tax credit. Um, so, have I gone on so too long? Well, no, no, enough? no. no you're, you're
1: putting forward a really good case, <laughs> Rebecca, and uh, some really interesting stuff. I'm sure many people at home, with their capes wrapped around them at the moment, are <laughs> scribbling down some different ideas of what they can do. So, you put forward a really good case for tax. <laughs> I'm going to keep that in mind before I make my decision at the end as to which, who wins the debate. Um, so thanks that, Rebecca. We're going to move now on to John. Now, John, we've seen many developments in the, uh, in the software world recently and it continues to radically change the way businesses and accountants operate. So what can we expect next and can this help accountants change the world?
0: Well, before we get next, I'm mean, hearing all of Rebecca's great ideas... Um, my buzz phrase for the autumn, and this is thanks to Nigel Adams at Ad Valorem, is implementation. You know, actually, the way accountants change the world is by kind of putting through different kinds of changes. Uh, and when we talked about all the things, you know, you were looking at the kind of climate-influenced initiatives and, wh- and where you could take that particular debate. Um, actually the thing is is that accountants are probably more people who have things done to them by the regulatory system they're the ones you know lumped with making something like tax digital <laughs> making that work um now maybe I'll, I'll look at the sort of background drivers of that you know it's sort of you know hmrc is the one calling the shots and implementing the system on it's on the government side uh, accountants do that but just sort of you know there's this tension i want to go into and it has to do with the implementation i think it sort of hampers the accountant's outlook and whether they've got the mentality to suddenly leap out ahead and drive drive you know drive the world to this beautiful future we might or this hopeful future we might aspire to so so just looking short-term recent trends uh making tax digital uh is something we, we have seen its impact on on practice that that Really, eighty, ninety percent of uh, the people in our awards are now using cloud software, but I think half of them, possibly more than half, wouldn't really made that jump unless MTD forced them to. You know, they, they were all, there was a lot of scepticism and, and accountants held back for years until suddenly, oh wait a second, if HMRC is going to do this, yeah, what what's <laughs> let's go with it. This is the best way of of coping with that. Now the tax initiatives, uh, I think. Are driven by social pressures and things on governance. I mean, you know, it's the the point of MTD is to cut down the tax gap, and that's because of the issue of governments aren't collecting as much as they want to expect or need. to I think fund. there's little
2: evidence that MTD actually cuts anything out of the tax gap. I I will, I, will,
0: I will grant you that point of information, <laughs> but but the the motivation, but um, just but just you know, the, the, it's it's so often with the profession, it's the regulatory system. Slightly calling the shots, and, and while accountants have gone for the cloud in, 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 as a majority movement, you know they're not really. Very few of them are really being innovative It's it's almost like sort of hampered m- innovation in other areas of the practice, and 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 they're not they're not jumping into strategic direction for their clients in quite the ways that we were led to believe. So So. This is the thing. Accountants, there's a, there's a passivity in the profession that that may have to, and it probably will need to change because you can't just sit and do the tax returns and the audits yeah. in 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 the future that evolves. Um, the other thing I would flag up on behalf of some of Accounting Web's long term members is, is, I think ten years ago, where Paul Scholes was a very active member, we had a special interest group in in green issues and sustainability. And you, I I'm still shocked to this day by the lack of interest, and it, it wasn't outright hostility, it was total indifference mm. by accounting web members to, to doing anything. You know, now we've got people blocking the streets and protesting, you know, and it's the younger generation, but again, yes, of
2: course, you have a different perspective coming from Brighton. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, well, I remember coming to Bristol and they, they they blocked off the bridge to the office, uh, with you know, the Extinction Rebellion, um, you know. the... the uh, you know, a lot of the profession has, has has kept to its blinkers, its passive blinkers, and thought we're here to serve, you know, the needs of the company and the shareholders, and and you know, don't let, don't let external irrelevant things intrude on our on our business things. But you know, ta- going back to tax, the the ethics of tax planning is is you know things that that again accountants held dear as, as it wasn't there wasn't a duty to, mm. to that's,
3: that, that's been quite an interesting shift in mindset over the last mm-hmm. decade or two I, I would say stuff that was perfectly acceptable you know 20 years ago is now i mean possibly still legal in in that sense but quite frowned upon you know and actually you've, you've got multinationals voluntarily paying tax to try and, um, you know, whitewash their reputations, as it were. Absolutely.
2: I'd agree with you on that. When I was in the profession years ago, um, we were certainly encouraged to uh, develop tax products and sell them. And they were, um, well, nice names for tax avoidance schemes, Mm. um, which years later then became... Uh, ruled illegal. Um, mm. But I would say on, on the point of, you know, uh, accountants being uh, reticent to um, push forward green issues, I, I think a lot of these green taxes haven't worked as well as they could um, and allowances like R&D because accountants haven't sold them to their clients, you know, as something that can be used. And the accountants do have a role in to communicate tax changes to their clients, which I think is something that uh, many, many firms um, are, are not great at, actually. Yeah.
3: I think I think the, the, the sort of operational execution, perhaps, of, of these policies isn't great either. That, you know, if, if you've got them not being, not being well designed and not being mm. well executed, I'd argue we've, we've got a problem um, with yeah. them going forward. I mean, I'm
0: straying from my core technology agenda here, but I will just throw in kind of the social and, and demographic factor that, A... I think what we're seeing is is social attitudes amongst younger accountants are changing. They've got they are a little bit more ambitious and wanting to affect the world around them, and they're also a lot more technologically literate and aware. So so we will see those changes. I mean to get back on track now, the big you know again the th- there is a trend coming from governments, and it's linked to that to that. Uh, Of clamping down on lost revenues and making sure that everybody pays their fair share Uh, will be uh, MTD is really just the first step along the road where we're going to go to a situation where they do in Brazil and Italy and Portugal and 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 increasingly across Europe you basically don't have a business to business transaction and, and, and without recording your VAT invoice on a central register so, so we will have a sort of real-time tax and accounting environment within a few years so that will change our world and, and behind that I think if the government is maintaining a ledger they're already it, the distributed shared distributed ledger is becoming uh, increasingly prevalent in certain government circles so there will be blockchain systems basically doing accounting and, and I think mm. That environment will change so much to do with profession let alone the AI tools that may be doing the exception reporting and looking for the anomalies and, and fraudulent situations so yeah. Yeah. accountants um, are gonna just have to keep up with that and I think I think uh, the economy as well is gonna The is influenced by politics as well as underlying you know, things like running out of oil or whether we dig oil and gas out of the ground anymore mm. uh, so yeah i'm just throwing in roadblocks obstacles caveats and <laughs> <in laughs> questions oh, yeah, you know they're not up to i think they are up to it but um is that your superhero John, keep, keep captain keep roadblock <laughs> captain roadblock but but uh, altering yeah the mindset you sort of mentioned and mm. i think the younger generation of cantons will see the need to adjust the way they operate in business and in practice. Just a small
3: yeah, those who follow me those who follow me on Twitter at AWebTom um, would have seen I, I, I retweeted an ad I saw on the um, on the underground the other day. It's a new a new ride hailing app. Um, I can't even remember what it was called, I'll be honest. So the ad probably wasn't that effective. But what stuck in my mind was that they were advertising it saying tax paid locally. I was like Is that a differentiator here, really? Um, Maybe it is to a younger generation. I don't know, obviously, Uber has its um, uh, VAT travails at the moment um, that are potentially um, gonna go through the court if our our mutual friend uh, and Maugham has anything to do with it. So uh, yeah, it's an interesting one.
1: Well, since you're on the uh, the microphone, Tom, now is your time to argue the case, and <laughs> I think you're taking the corporate regulation piece, so... Oh,
3: wow, yeah. No, it's a thriller minute stuff. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, I, I mean,
3: I'm going to try and tackle two questions, really, broadly speaking, so... Is accountancy in crisis? Um, I'm asked that a fair bit, actually, um, just just based on some of some of the output we run. And if so, what do we do about it? Um, I'm going to say completely noncommittal yes and no um, to the first question. Um, I'd probably say, you know, corporate, corporate accounting and audit is a bit of a mess. I mean, from what we're seeing, um, it's been an absolute bloodbath on the high street this year for example I mean Thomas Cook Mother Care Debenhams Patisserie Valerie Bonmarsh Odmins I mean the, the list sort of goes on of these these brands that were weren't once thought of as unsinkable disappearing without a trace and and, and obviously some of those failures are natural wastage um, but but many more were as a result of, of debt burdens profiteering fraud eh, alleged fraud in the Patisserie Valerie case um, you know that, that could have probably should have been flagged much earlier by um, auditors who were paid a, a, a nice fee to do it, although they would claim that they're just doing their jobs. So that side of things, the sort of tick box culture that, that sort of exists there, just, you know, we're just doing our job, I'd, I'd say is, is undermining the profession. Um, I would say, actually, though, to counter that, there's never been a better time to be an owner of a small firm. Um, cloud accounting developments have, you know, I, th- I think that... democratizing effect of cloud software of sort of putting uh you know in previous years and john you'll probably know more than more than me about this but but it developments were kind of uh put up in the rarefied air of of the corporate world and only really started trickling down to sort of smaller firms a lot later on whereas now i mean um, let's take Zerocon, for example where we've you know we, we were presence there for um, been a presence there for many years but um you know and it was always the, the small guy sort of going along sole practitioners two partner firms what have you now uh you know a um, friend of the pod Della hudson made a quip to me at XeroCon last week saying there's people in suits here and actually they were mid-tier firms larger mm. firms
0: Sending people along, saying, oh,
3: yeah, and we see
0: them all setting up departments to open mm. up these kind of cloud. Well, not always successfully, but the cl- uh, the small business cl- cloud accounting service. They- so,
3: yeah, so so you know, what are we going to do about this? Uh, that goes on to my my second question. I'd I'd say more power, more power to the smaller guys. Um, you know, whether that is, I mean, a radical proposal <laughs> to sort of nationalise the audit function. I don't know. Um, what difference that will make there's been another one um, another proposal that seems to be gaining traction to to split big firms sort of audit and consulting wings. Um, I, I was a really good comment I read on um, Tabby Kinder's piece in the FT about why big firms are dead against this obviously um, cross-selling is technically um, illegal um, as far as I know but I'd, I'd say, should that split be made it's unlikely their profits would soar as a result of that so they they would be dead against it so enacting change that would put more power in the hands of the smaller guys now you might argue that's happened already um through technology but i'd I'd say um, a series of calculated nudges um, like these, um, like these uh, uh, audit and consulting wing splits, um, could well uh, could well help. And these these smaller firms are more agile, can enact the sort of changes in um, in sort of culture
0: that uh, could actually make a big difference if a lot of people do them. So you, yeah, you, you have to remember the historical pre- uh, precedent that you sort of said that that these accountancy crises always go hand in hand. With the financial and economic crises, and I, th- I think mm. with you could argue, we're p- the level of uncertainty and, and stagnation we've seen is pitching some of those vulnerable companies into trouble. But mm. but it, it, it's the sort of excesses that get let go during the, bo- the good times, yeah. you know, always always get exposed when the crunch hits. And we had, and and yeah. the problem is, is you know, going back to the two thousand and, and seven, eight, nine. Crisis uh, took a good long time to react to that, and, and I think it was sort of the Europe's Europe's directives on splitting audit and things. In. Have we? I don't think we've seen masses of impact there. So. Mm. You know, I don't think we've escaped history, and we'll just go through some of the rich. Yes, I think yes, we've got a renamed F Financial Report. You know, Reporting Council, What's well, it's going to be the uh, yeah still in, still in limbo regulatory governance uh, authority. Yeah. You know, so we will check. We'll have it. We'll change the name and yeah, put in a few more people and do move the furniture around. So um, mm. the you know, we'll, we'll muddle through the crisis, <laughs> the <laughs> impending crisis, as we usually do, and yeah. find some new ways, you know, just wait for, hope for good times to come. So we haven't really changed the world yet. Mm. Well, well we're, we're still waiting on one last
1: person, and that one last person is me. And don't forget, I've got the deciding vote as well. So <laughs> um, the the final part is uh, just in practice, no doubt um, many practitioners are well aware that they're experiencing price pressures just around simple services for businesses. But there's so much which we are seeing that practices and accountants are doing to uh, save the world, uh, to change the world actually, but they're, they're doing it more on a smaller scale rather than thinking about changing the whole planet. They're thinking smaller than thinking how they can perhaps change their own community so their community will be built up of their clients, of their Um, more immediately as well their uh, staff as well what we've seen over the last uh, year in particular is how um, firms are making more and more effort to make um, the culture of their firm just part of the selling point Um, to the extent that the Accounting Excellence Awards this year even created a brand new category the Investing in People Award which is there to celebrate what uh, what these different firms are doing to um, to just help the general well-being of the people within their firm, and also really branching out into the community, and we're seeing that these stories every day on the Counter Web, whether that's on the within Any Answers or even in
0: the Practice Talk series, which I regularly do. And it's it's very closely tied to the kind of one or little again limiting factors on the profession's progress is is the skills shortages uh, because of the crisis in eight nine a lot of the big firms pulled back from training you know, training dropped, the number of trainees coming into the profession went down and now when you'd want those mid-level experienced accountants to set up or just and even just to help you handle the tax season work peak, workload peak they're not there so that's that is that's you have to hold on to your people and keep them motivated and close to you and, and you know really engage with because also the cloud makes it possible for them to democratise the process for himself and go set up on their own. Absolutely. Absolutely. And survival.
1: We've seen more than ever how mental health has become such a big issue within the profession. We're always hearing about the always on culture and uh, you you just have to see the reaction to some of the the stories on our Agony Uncle uh, Nick Elston's articles on the site where uh, anxiety and just mental illness is becoming such an issue. Within the whole within the whole society, not just the profession, and firms are, um, are hitting back against this by uh, trying to help out this recruitment crisis by uh, having uh, flexible working. I've even heard meditation classes, uh, six-hour days, and limited holidays. Um, I was recently speaking with a uh, uh, Phil Besant on uh, a practice talker. I think he's a Based in Wells, and he talked about uh, how his firm is uh, having just completely working from home. Everyone works from home, discouraging answering emails outside of hours, no need to fight the commute to get into the office every day. Um, so it feels like there's much more of a, uh, a caring and loving part of the profession coming through uh, in order to fight against this uh, uh, mental illness, which has become such a big thing as well. And that then extends into the wider community. where. We're, we're hearing firms like Raffinger's, a former Accounting Excellence Award winner, uh, I think two years ago they launched their own charity foundation in a way to help get all of the people within the firm to get behind uh, their particular charities of choice rather than just chucking a few coins in the bucket. Uh, we're seeing them then spread this positivity throughout the local community, and that's also been extended to um, how practices are treating their clients. We, we're now seeing uh, many firms. has been one of those. Uh, uh, John, you should know about how uh, the, the the cuddly accountant is a, a long staple of the uh, Accountant Excellence Awards. Yeah. Um, uh, Linda Freya once told me a story about how at tax season uh, she had to break the news to one of uh, one of these uh, a new client that came in and they had a, a quite a hefty tax bill, and she was there passing the tissues across to this uh, client who was there. Mm-hmm in tears holding their newborn baby uh, sobbing at this massive tax bill that they had to pay and uh, Linda was saying that this is part of the job being uh, part counsellor as well as she said helping people through bereavement helping people through in this case big tax bills as well so there's much accountants can do to save the world they don't have to think big they can think small so that can come to clients and also their staff.
0: So do you think this grassroots kind of caring sharing <laughs> you know, new... New generation, millennial, sort of mm. communal feeling within the profession, which is quite different to the profession I, I kind of started writing about 20-odd years ago. Do you think that's going to sort of sw- you know rise up and transform the profession from below and, and it, it will become this sort of force for change that maybe hasn't been in the past?
1: I, I think we're seeing already. I think uh, many, many films are slowly adopting this. Some maybe kicking and screaming but maybe stealthily through like a, a stealthy child uh, remit or something, flexible working creeps in, or they see what their, uh, their, their practice down the road is doing, and they're trying to pick that up just to compete, as you said, John, with uh, many of the recruitment issues that are
0: Well, you're you're undermining my sort of slightly negative debating stance, but but I hope for all our sakes you're right.
1: Um, we we end with hope, and that's the end of the podcast, and uh, it's my deciding vote, and I think we all did well, so I'm calling it a draw. So then
3: are we look are we, uh, like a sort of uh, superhero collective, some kind of, uh, you know,
1: accountancy-based
3: avengers. That's S-
0: subscribing to the essential accounting thing of judgment, balance and judgment. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that's it for the uh, No Account for Taste podcast this week. All that's left to say is thanks very much, Rebecca, John and Tom, for joining us on the podcast uh, this week. And be sure to join us next time on No Account for Taste, where we'll be looking back over the last 12 months in the world of accountancy so uh, be sure to tune in then my god is it the end of the year already Uh, never mind join us next time for your news and views be sure to check us out on accountweb.co.uk until then bye for now